You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is up, everybody? I am here with the host of Locked On Cardinals, Lucas Smith, revisiting with him since the last time we did a little crossover action back in uh, the May 21st through 23rd series in which the Cubs went down to St. Louis. And, you know, if we could talk about that a little bit briefly, <laughs> I made my prediction saying the Cubs would win two out of three. I was correct, but I didn't pick the exact order. We, you know, so we were both right in the sense that I think you said that the Cardinals would win the, win the Saturday game. Mm-hmm. And then it came down to the rubber match on Sunday to see who had the ultimate bragging rights. And luckily the Cubs prevailed. So I wouldn't look like a complete idiot. You use the word luckily. I use a different word, but we'll get into that. <laughs> but no, it was definitely, you know, I feel like we use the phrase as big as a series could be in May. And it definitely proved to be because I think that was about the time the Cubs were, were getting hot there and they ended up using that series to kind of propel them into their, you know, little, little streak of winning that, that, that they have found. And, you know, hate to use the same phrasing twice, but this is about as big as a series as you're going to get in June at the same time. So just kind of flip flop who's in what place in the standings. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it is yeah, it's very interesting because since that series, the two teams, like you kind of alluded to, have gone in completely different directions. The Cardinals are six and ten since the Cubs beat them on May twenty third, and the Cubs are eleven and five during that same stretch. But the Cardinals still, again, they're only three games back in the division. The Cubs and Brewers are currently sitting up top, tied, and the Brewers seem to have a kind of a cush schedule right now, which seems yeah. a little unfair to both us, uh, <laughs> our fan bases here, you know, yeah. uh, but basically what I'm trying to ask you is what, what has happened to the Cardinals since that series? They've had some injuries that, that have happened to them. Bader's been hurt. Paul DeYoung, who's actually coming back uh, Friday for, for this series. He'll be coming back, but the pitching has just kind of lost their way. Carlos Martinez has had two atrocious starts. He's given up 15 earned in four and two thirds of an innings over his last two starts. Um, John Gant had a really bad start mixed in there. And other than that, you just have guys that you just can't rely on as a starting rotation. Johan Oviedo hasn't been reliable. Daniel Ponce de Leon has struggled a little bit in the bullpen role and they just haven't hit the, the Cardinal offense. You know, it isn't a prolific offense when they're fully healthy and when they're fully right, but they're better than what they're playing right now. So it's just kind of been, I talked about this in my locker room earlier I guess last night by the time this thing goes out, but about how it's kind of just been this perfect storm of injuries and guys just going on one of those cold stretches that you go through throughout a baseball season. It just been, it's been a real tough time uh, watching these guys play for the last two weeks. Well, at least Nolan Arenado has been looking great. Yeah. Uh, He's having a very nice season overall. And I had said, this is more, I'm trying to eat a little crow here myself because (laughs) at the beginning of the season, I said, let's see how, how great Nolan Arenado is away from Colorado. I kind of was running my mouth a little bit and he showed me, he's really showed me that I guess the, the idea that players who hit well in Colorado don't succeed in other places is kind of a myth that is now dying down mm-hmm. and players like Arenado and DJ LeMay, who have really been putting that to bed. So you got Nolan for you. Yeah, Nolan and, and Tyler O'Neill. I'll tell you what, Tyler O'Neill has been electrifying at, at that left field spot. Hits fifth. I think he should be moved up to fourth or third. That's another heard over there. Team leader in, in home runs. He can do it all. We saw that on Wednesday's game. He had an infield hit, beat out an infield hit, hit two mammoth. And I mean, like Kyle Schwarber 2015 playoff type mammoth shots, um, and then made a dive and catch in left field. So he's been spectacular to watch as well. Meanwhile, you guys have somebody that the Cardinals used to have. That's been kind of fun to watch. And yeah, that's painful. in my notes. I was going to ask you. Yeah, painful for me, but fun for you. 
Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you know, why don't you tell my listeners about Patrick (laughs) Wisdom? Because so many Cubs fans and baseball fans in general, like where has Patrick Wisdom been all this time? Where has he come from? Is this just the craziest fluke ever? This guy just being really hot just for is he going to fade away? Because, you know, we've seen that in the past. Some hitters come up, they tear it up for like a three or four weeks and then they go back into nothingness. He was drafted by the Cardinals, I believe, in the second round or maybe one of the compensation picks the Cardinals get for being small market, which people listening don't realize I just did the quote fingers because that always has irked the rest of the baseball world because the St. Louis Cardinals don't draw like a small market team. They don't spend for the most part, like a small market team. They're an incredibly popular team in the, in the country. And yet they get these picks that belong to the Pittsburgh pirates and the uh, Tampa Bay rays of the world. And I believe I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was picked around the late second round for you guys back in yep. like 2012, 2012, 52nd overall pick. So what happened with him coming up your ranks? Was he, is he a guy that people were kind of like, maybe this is a four, a player, a guy who tears it up in triple a a bit, but really doesn't have a home in the majors. Yeah. He kind of came up at, at an awkward time where at the, at the time he came up, uh, his, his rookie season was in 2018, his only season with St. Louis. And at the time, you know, third baseman and Matt Carpenter was kind of the third baseman there at the time. Um, and he just was a guy that couldn't really find a home. He, 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 I always liked wisdom. I thought he had solid power, maybe not eight home runs in two weeks power, but I always thought that he had solid power. I've always, always a fan of wisdom. I was sad to see him go. I ended up getting traded to, to Texas and he was there last year before the Cubs picked him up. But I wouldn't say he was ever a highly touted prospect by any stretch of the imagination. He was definitely up there, you know, 52nd overall pick, but it was never like, oh, here's the next star for St. Louis. It was like, okay, this guy could be a solid player. And I was, you know, I've, I, I kept an eye on him as he's left. Granted, he's only played one, one other spot and that being Texas. Um, but he's, he's just a guy that's just real solid. You know, even at his worst, I think he's a real serviceable third baseman right now. He's playing out of his mind and credit to him. Uh, but I, I think even at his worst, he's going to be real solid um, for the Cubs. If Chris Bryant is no longer a third baseman and he's just now a utility man that can play everywhere. Uh, but I think wisdom can be really solid for Chicago, even when he does come back down to earth, if that ever happens. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully it doesn't. Of course, he, he's impressed me the most too, with his glove. He's been making fantastic defensive plays at third base. And that I think is kind of giving the Cubs the confidence of being like, well, we're going to keep Chris Bryant in the outfield even longer. I mean, Chris Bryant hasn't played third base since I feel like late April. Mm-hmm. It's been, a, it's kind of funny that he's even listed on the all-star ballot as a third baseman. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's barely been there. He's been at first base more. He's even played center field a few more times since he's played third and his versatility has been fantastic because it has, it's allowed the Cubs before Patrick wisdom to have Matt Duffy in uh, the lineup. Now, I mean, of course, every team deals with injuries. The Cubs fortunately have had this, next man up sort of a mentality where when Matt Duffy went down and he was a game changer because the Mm -hmm. Cubs were such a strikeout heavy team. And here's a guy that doesn't give away at bats, makes solid contact, hits to all fields. Patrick wisdom fills up that spot. And then we've got um, Sergio Alcantara has come up over the last week or so, and he's killing the ball too, uh, to replace a Nico Horner. And then David Bodie went down and hopefully Eric Sogard gets hurt. Just to have him in the lineup anymore. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the Cubs have been a little bit banged up too, and yet they're still playing strong baseball right now. And a lot of that has just been this this bullpen. Um, But thank you for letting uh, the listeners know a little bit about Patrick Wisdom because I his swing passes the eye test. It's a really nice swing. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure a lot of Cardinals fans were hesitant to to let him go. Yeah, and it's it's just. 
enter him in the long list of line or the, the long list of guys that have left St. Louis and found success elsewhere. You know, I get it. This is a two week stretch and his, his fate will be decided long term, but immediate Definitely. success, just like Randy Rosarena. We're seeing it with Adolis Garcia over in Texas, Randall Gritchick in Toronto, Carson Kelly in Arizona. All these guys are former Cardinals. Uh, Grichik wasn't drafted by him, but all these other guys were drafted by St. Louis and brought up with St. Louis. So it's just frustrating to see another guy find success out where, and to add salt into the wound, he's doing it for the freaking Cubs. So it's frustrating. I'm happy for the guy, but uh, it, it is frustrating as a Cardinal fan to see another one, another one let go. It's what it seems like. If you listened to the show before, you've heard me talk about sports trade. If not, I want to tell you all about it. It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to the platform, so check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple, as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher the value goes. Two, good old supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Instantly buy it and sell as many shares in as many players as you'd like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You will be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Totally, totally. I understand what you're saying there. Well, to extend like an olive branch, as Cubs fans, we're going through a little thing right now because our our team looks like they're one key piece away from being a top not just top NL central contender, but a, a top contender for the national league pennant. And that's uh, an ace. And we mm-hmm. traded our ace, you Darvish in the <laughs> off season. Yeah. So, you know, we've made a lot of blunders too. Uh, it really shows that both organizations are pretty good at developing talent because so many players that we've drafted both the Cubs, you know, we've got a lot of guys that are spread out all over the, the country right now who are playing well for those teams and the Cardinals with all the names you just mentioned, but the Cubs on the free agent side from being, from being cheap, the Cubs didn't resign Nick Castellanos who is first in war in the national league right now. And he wanted to stay with the Cubs so desperately. Mm-hmm. He waited deep into that offseason before eventually signing with Cincinnati. And not only that, but it was a four-year deal with the Reds in which he had an opt out after year one, which he wasn't going to take after the pandemic year. And he, he was only all right last year. He got off to a hot start, but then he kind of slumped at the end, which made his overall numbers not that sexy in free agency, you know? Mm-hmm. And then an opt-out after year two. So he, I almost feel like he put these opt-outs in in hopes that money will open up in Chicago and he could come back to the Cubs yep. because he was such a fan favorite here. He would stick around, sign autographs. He was just soaking it in. And on the final home game in 2019, um, he like there's this famous picture of him just standing or sitting, I should say, at the top of the steps, and I, like people are gone, and he's just soaking in Wrigley Field as much as he could because he thought in the back of his head, "There's a good chance I won't be here." And the other cheapness was trading you Darvish to get his contract up the books, even though he was runner up in Cy Young last year. Well, th- this team would be, in my opinion, with the weather playing now, a favorite to win the NL Central if they had Darvish. 
I still Definitely. think, you know, credit to the Cubs. I'm not trying to take anything away. I think long-term, and I have a question about this, if you don't mind, after I get to this point, long-term, I think the Cardinals are still the favorite whenever they get healthy and things get going. Um, but I think that what the Cubs are doing right now, if I'm wrong here, my outside perception, you can correct me, but it feels like their starters aren't going super deep and their bullpen is having to be taxed a lot. And they've been outstanding. Kimbrell, uh, Tapera, so on and so forth. Do you think that that model is sustainable or do you guys need more from your starters? Definitely need more from the starters. I don't think, I don't think it's, I mean, the Kansas city Royals did it, but I don't know yep. if it's as sustainable because, you know, when the Royals did it in 2015, they were coming off of a very good 2014 as well, where the Cubs are coming off a shortened. I mean, we were solid in, in 2015, uh, 2020, obviously we won the division, but it was such a shortened year and right. going into this season, you know, experts across major league baseball were saying a lot of teams are going to want starting pitching depth because going from a 60 game season back to the 162, people were going to, you know, forecast a lot of injuries, which seems to be happening around baseball. Yep. The Cubs are in a really interesting spot. I guess I'll use the word interesting. It's exciting too, because the bullpen has been great pretty much the whole season. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm worried about them being overtaxed because so many of our starters are, are dipping out after four innings sometimes three innings, three and two thirds. It's, it's some pretty poor stat lines from our starters as of late. Sure. Kyle Hendricks has really turned the corner and Davies has two, but overall we'll add Burt, but then he blister. So he's on the IL right now. But what I'm saying is that when some of these guys get taxed, I'm hoping that the other bullpen arms are ready to fill in for them. Justin Steele, uh, he was lights out and then he hurt his hamstring, which by the way, I joked on Twitter today. What is with oh, hamstring injuries all across baseball? Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't it's remember bizarre. ever there being this many hamstring injuries in one season. There needs to be an investigation. I think there's <laughs> some sort of conspiracy. I don't know what's happening, but it's it's very strange to me because the White Sox, Nick Madrigal, like tore his hamstring, like where he's going to need surgery. Right. And the Cubs have like six guys out with hamstring injuries. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the boys need to get into some, some DDP yoga or something. Uh, Free game yoga. Yeah. Right. <laughs> something needs to change. So I'm hoping that Justin Steele will come back soon. And then, if, you know, I, there's enough where there's Robert Stock at AAA. He's throwing 101, and they he's been mostly a reliever. They started him. He went four innings and was carrying the 100-mile-an-hour fastball throughout all four innings. So I don't know what their game plan is there. There's some interesting arms at AAA where, as some of the guys who are currently on the team start to get overtaxed, I could see them coming back up, like a Trevor McGill. Like I said, hopefully Justin Steele comes back off the I.L., and, um, and a few other pieces like that should be coming back soon. So hopefully this, but they still need to trade for a starter ultimately if they want to win the division. I think it might come down to at least between the Cubs and Cardinals, you know, the Brewers have enough starters. They could give one of us their starters. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, but with the Cubs and Cardinals, I think it might come down to whichever team trades for a starter, it ends up finishing above the other in the division. Cause I think both these teams are a starter away. Really, I agree. I agree. You know what? This actually uh, reminds me of uh, a trade scenario that happened in the NL Central. Here's a little history for the fans. You were probably born this this year. This happened, or maybe you were 2000. I was born. You're born in 2000. You might not have been born actually. <laughs> I want to say this was 2000. No, 1998. It was 1998. So you were negative two. And <laughs> parents got married that year. <laughs> there you go. So you were, uh, you were, you were in the plans. You were, you you were in the works. <laughs> there you, go. you know, you were uh, a prospect in their minds. Um, <laughs> to make it weird for you, pal. <laughs> the Cubs and Astros were battling for the division and both teams right around the trade deadline were within a game of each other. 
The Cubs had a pretty solid rotation, but they needed one more arm. They had like Steve Traxel and Kerry Wood. Kerry Wood's rookie year, he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. One rookie of the year. But they were one arm away, and the Astros were one arm away. The Cubs at the deadline, for some reason, traded a former first-round draft pick, John Garland, for Matt Karchner, who was a slightly above-average setup man for the White Sox. Garland, of course, was a part of the 2005 Sox rotation that won the World Series. So that really came back to bite us. Yeah. And the Astros that year, the Astros traded for Randy Johnson. So they got Randy Johnson. We got a seventh inning setup guy who ended up being (laughs) terrible for us and gave up a first round pick for some reason. That was back when the Cubs had a guy named Ed Lynch as their GM, who was awful. I wrote him a letter about how to fix the team. He sent me, oh, we'll look into it. Didn't do any of the moves I suggested. And uh, that cost the franchise a few, uh, another decade of infutility. It probably cost them two or three World Series rings, if we're being honest. Well, they should have listened to me. I told I them, know, hey, uh, Gary yeah. Gaetti was nice for a minute, but go get Robin Ventura. <laughs> he ended up going to the Mets. The Mets went to the World Series the year 2000, the year before I said we should acquire him. So, yeah, there's a lot of mistakes. I'm not, I'm over it. Though. I swear I'm over it. Oh, I sure. only think about it once a month. <laughs> that's good. Up at night occasionally. That's good. That's a, healthy, that's a healthy way to get over it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, right. You got that good <laughs> mindset. But, dude, I definitely think you were dead on. It's what whoever gets the starter. You mentioned how the Brewers have starters to spare. I feel like as, as, as a Cubs-Cardinals crossover, we should take a chance to dump on the Brewers whenever we can because the Cubs and Cardinals, we're the, the cream of the crop as far as rivalries go in the National League, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. We've been a rivalry for a century now, and the Brewers have only been in the National League since 1997. So whenever the, I come across Brewers fans who start you know talking smack, it's like, all right, settle down, little brother. You know, yeah. Brandon Woodruff. Since Major League Baseball announced that they were going to start cracking down on foreign substances, Brandon Woodruff's spin rate has been cut in half. <laughs> no which I find hilarious. Wow. Yeah, it was tweeted today. I'll, I'll send you the tweet and I'll retweet it, uh, listeners, so you could retweet it as well yeah. for your listeners. It's, it's, they showed like a graph of like what his spin rate was and how it was like, you know, if you guys are stat cast nerds, it was really a high end, you know? Yeah. And then like the day major league baseball makes the announcement, you know, Theo Epstein's working with the, uh, the commissioner's office now. And they're like, Hey, we're really going to crack down on this. This is getting out of hand. It just drastically went down. Same with Garrett Cole, same with yeah. a few of these players. And it's like, Oh, that's pretty interesting to see. That's so, fascinating. Who knows what's going to happen with him going forward. See if he's just as effective. Yeah. I mean, they might be down to just one, one ace, one side <laughs> young type starter rather than three. I think and he was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. A credit to the pitchers. I don't know if you saw this little side tangent. Uh, Donald, Josh Donaldson called out like a bunch of people for using substances or whatever, singling out Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole struck out Josh Donaldson twice the other day. So a quick credit to the pitchers and then back to bashing on the Brewers. Not only are they new to the National League, when they were in the American League, the Cardinals beat them in the World Series. So they're yep, 0 for 82. 2. They're 0 for 2 on trying to be relevant. But really, I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> You know what we should do? We should three-way call the host of the Lockdown Brewers podcast and then yeah. just be like, hey, I heard Lockdown Cardinals said this, but then we, <laughs> we really just secretly bash them. That'd be good. See, again, I think three-way we, calling we can... is something you were too young for, too. It's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Talking I'm... to a dude who's 21 years old. Not um, even. Not even. Not I don't turn 20? 21. Yeah, I don't turn 21 until July. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> you could be my son if I was a little bit sloppy in high school, if you know what I'm saying. Um <laughs> There, yeah. All right. Anyway, three-way calling was something that people did in the late nineties, early two thousands. All right. Back to baseball. Yeah. Anyway, back to baseball and <laughs> you're making me feel old, buddy. 
Oh, goodness. Well, let, let, your let's mom talk. will get a kick out of this part of the conversation, by I'm the way. Sure, I'm but yes, sure. Let's get back to baseball. I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow. Let, let, let's talk about this upcoming series because it's Definitely. an interesting one. Like we talked about at the top. Do the Cubs? I, I look I'm be like, come before we before we hopped on this. We're recording this Thursday night to peel back the curtain a little bit. Do the Cubs have any starters named? I, I don't have any starters named on LB.com. Do you know anything about who they might start? I believe Cole Stewart is getting the ball. Let me, I've get, this will take one second. Sorry, listeners. Uh, yeah, no, the Cubs are to be determined for the whole series, but I believe I'd heard on the radio earlier that Cole, Cole Stewart was taken Adbert Elzelay's Elzelay, I should say, I always mispronounce his last name spot. And then I believe you will see Hendricks in this series as well. Ugh. And then I don't know if Trevor, there's talks of Trevor Williams, maybe coming back soon enough, but I don't really see that happening. So we'll see. I definitely think Hendricks makes an appearance and uh, Cole Stewart well as well. I, I like Cole Stewart. I, I think I saw him pitch. Who did, I forget who he pitched against. It doesn't matter. He pitched pretty well. Pitched five solid innings. Might have been the Pirates or something. I don't know. What have you thought? You know, we all know what Hendricks is like. He's the professor, especially whenever he's pitched against the Cardinals. Why don't you give my listener, you know, listeners a little in, insight on Stewart? So Cole Stewart pitched, uh, well, he was a first-run draft pick of the Minnesota Twins back in 2013. He was taken fourth in that draft, the draft that Chris Bryant went second in. Mm. So again, very highly touted guy for whatever reason, just didn't work with Minnesota. They ended up non-tendering him and the Cubs picked him up, signed him to a pretty you know, split contract. So nothing too heavily invested there. Mm-hmm. And they worked with him. Now the Cubs have started this thing they called the pitch lab that they really put into full force second half of 2019 and it's something that you Darvish gave a lot of credit to in getting his mechanics back in line because you Darvish had a really rough 2018 that led to an injury you know some people thought maybe it was mm. he was in his head after that Astros cheating series you know he thought he was tipping his pitches but it turns out the Astros were cheating so he started <laughs> trying to fix mechanics that did, there weren't a problem with you know he's trying to fix a problem that didn't exist because right. of a horrible cheating scandal that Whenever I think of it, I still get mad that Major League Baseball didn't uh, go after that team hard enough. It was basically a yep. slap on the wrist. If Anyhow, though, uh, so Stewart hits about 95, and it's a lot of sink and a lot of late sink. He's really been singing the praises of the Cubs pitch lab, which is why I brought it up. Mm-hmm. So they really, they're taking their time with him. They, he's, he was dominating in AAA, looking really sharp, and the Cubs brought him up against San Diego, his first outing, and again, five solid innings. His second outing wasn't quite as sharp, but still good. Like he impressed enough where a lot of Cubs fans were like, I want to keep him in the rotation. This is, this is a guy who is believed to be a guy and it's still only 27. I want to say, so it's not unheard of for pitchers to figure it out at 27, 26. I mean, Jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher on the planet was a 26 year old rookie. So mm-hmm. it's not crazy. And, uh, he came up though. Cole Stewart replaced Trevor Williams who had been scuffling. Trevor Williams had to have like an emergency appendicitis. He had to take his appendix out. Whoa. So he put, got put on the 10 day IL and was set to miss two starts. But I don't know. I don't know how long you're out with an appendix. You know, it's kind of a useless organ. Maybe you, you let the <laughs> stitches heal and then you're yeah. back out there. Who knows? Yeah. It's not like you lose an appendix and all of a sudden it costs you some spin on your curveball. So I don't understand <laughs> what's going on with him. But Trevor Williams, who's it's a nice story. His father was grew up a Cubs fan, comes to all right. the games. This is more information for the Cardinals fans listening. But he's kind of like the guy where the playoffs started tomorrow. He would not be in the playoff rotation. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. 
Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On team listeners a special offer, and that means you, because you're a Locked On Cardinals listener. Right now, you can try for just $1. That's right, just $1. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 and free shipping if you use Locked On at checkout. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you heard me right. $1 and free shipping. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. FullyLoadedChew.com. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? And when you talk to a Built Bar fan such as myself, we all have our favorite flavors. If you don't know the flavors, here they are. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So yeah, there's something for everyone. And I love me some double chocolate among these nine flavors. Who doesn't love chocolate? If you haven't tried all the flavors, get yourself a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Every single one of these flavors is covered in chocolates. But they're still incredibly healthy. They have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Every single one of these bars are tasty. Every single one of them are healthy. So order right now. What are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The Cardinals do have their, their starters named for this upcoming series. I mentioned a little bit at the top, Johan Oviedo, John Gant, and Carlos Martinez. These are three wild cards because with Johan Oviedo, he hasn't gone more than five innings in his career. Granted, it's last year and this year, but it hasn't gone more than five innings in his career. John Gant seems to walk every other batter he faces, <laughs> seems to walk the planet, coming off an atrocious start. And like I mentioned, Martinez is coming off two brutal starts. This will, to be honest, the Cardinals might be lucky not to get swept. I'm not trying to be pessimist. I'm not trying to be whatever, but I'm a big proponent of starting pitching is important and starting pitching wins you games. And when it's a, this is cliche when the Cardinals pitch well, they win like, and that that's might be obvious, but it's just, it's just true. Right. And the Cardinals, the, the, the three starters are throwing out there have not pitched well recently, just flat out, especially Fridays and Sunday starter. Uh, Martinez just seems to be lost. So I, I'm, both with the Cubs playing well and with the Cardinals having going on the mound, I'm really not looking forward to the results of this series. Yeah, I was I was looking into your rotation a little bit there uh, before the podcast. Gant is one I kind of like us to beat up on a little bit because, like you were saying, he's kind of walking every other batter, and the Cubs have really shown a lot of patience lately mm-hmm. at the dish. Jock Peterson has been really – I really like him leading off. I remember when he was first plugged into the leadoff spot thinking, hmm, I know Jack Peterson's overall stat line isn't anything that uh, you know jumps off the back of the baseball card, but since coming back from his little spell on the IL as well, he's been hitting the ball really well. So he, he got off to an atrocious start. I think when he went on the IL in what early May, he had a terrible April. He was like hitting 143 in April, wasn't slugging at all, had one home run, wasn't driving in runs. Just it was bad baseball. And then he came back and he started getting base hits. The power really wasn't there, but it was a lot of base hits, singles and doubles going the other way with the pitch. And they put him in the leadoff spot and the power has shown up recently. He's really starting to hit the long ball again. He went deep off of Darvish on Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon, I should say. 
And what I like about him is he goes first to third fairly well, and he works the count. He does strike out a lot, which again, I, I at, at leadoff, I don't mind as well. People think I'm crazy for saying that, but at leadoff, you're often, there aren't runners on base. I, I think the high contact guys, I like in the middle of my lineup. That way, when there's a runner at third with less than two outs, you hit the fly ball to bring them in as opposed to having all those strikeout guys in the four or five, six range. That's just the way I've been doing baseball lately. If you come up, if you strike out when no one's on base, I don't care. That doesn't bother me. It's when hitters strike out when there's a runner at third and nobody out where just any kind of contact brings them in because the infield's playing back. That's those missed opportunities kill a team. So I could see us beating up on Gant. Martinez is a guy that I think we played well against him in the last series. I want to say, I can't remember exactly the line, but I feel like he's the one we lose to. I know you're saying he's been rough lately, but he's probably due to, to right the ship. I still have us winning two out of three though. Yeah. Mar- Martinez is a guy. I mean, he's a head case. I mean, I'm sure he's a hard worker and all, all that stuff, but he just is so inconsistent. You know, he, he might, he, he very might as well throw seven shutout innings on Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, it, it is, Three starts ago, he had six no-hit innings against the Diamondbacks. You know, no-hit innings. Six no-hit innings against Diamondbacks and then gave up five hits in the seventh inning to give up three earned runs. So you just don't know. Um, I think that if he is on, he's on. And he's got really good stuff when he is on. Um, it's just a matter of if he's going to be. And I, I just don't have enough confidence in him at this moment to say, yeah, Sunday is a winnable game. Just because I, I, just, don't, I just don't have enough confidence in him. He hasn't been consistent enough for me. So you have a sweep? Are you going to go on record and say you think the Cubs no, are a sweep? Or you? Okay. No, I, I, I don't know which one, but I, I just feel like the, the Cubs are going to, the Cardinals are going to take either Friday or Saturday, so today or tomorrow. I think, I think, I, I, I disagree with you. I think that that Gant comes rebounds and gets a good start because he pitched bad his last time out, his first bad start in a while. I think Gant gets it done Saturday and they lose the 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 front and the back end. Is Martinez going tomorrow? Martinez is Sunday night baseball Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Oviedo's tomorrow. He's the guy that the rookie that hasn't pitched extremely well. Um, only, only four or five innings. And again, a rookie could, could light it up. I haven't seen it. So I think the Cubs take two out of three. Yeah. The Cubs though, interestingly enough, over at least the last three or four seasons, I'm not really sure how it's played out this year, but for some reason, whenever it was like a guy facing the Cubs for the first time, or was a rookie, they would always look great against us. The Cubs had um, to a point where we were as fans were like, do we not go over a scouting report? I mean, the person wasn't just born. We must have some data on this guy from how he pitched in triple A or double A. How is it that we're looking so bad against this guy? And so hopefully that doesn't happen on Friday, but I I'm going to go with the Cubs take two out of three. I think we win Friday and Saturday, and then we'll lose Sunday with, uh, I think Carl, I've already said it. So I'm going to, I have to st- stand by. I think Carlos <laughs> Martinez bounces back and wins on Sunday. Yeah, but I, I think it will be fun to see a, a fuller Wrigley Field. Oh, of course. I want the, it to be. Don't, don't yeah. get me wrong. I want everyone to have a ball, and I'm <laughs> yeah. glad things are going back to normal. I know I know. Bush opens up to full capacity on Monday, and I'm going on Monday. Uh, be my first game at Bush since 2019. I went to game four of the National League Division Series last year when Yachty had the game-tying hit over Freddie Freeman and then the walk-off sacrifice fly. Um, and, and I got to keep a cup holder from that game. I think I might have told you this story last time. I broke a cup holder off of Bush Stadium, and I got to keep it. So that, nice. that's my Yeah. Um, so I'll be going on Monday. So I'm very excited. I went to the cool. White Sox Stadium. I think you, you still call it Comiskey, but guaranteed right field or whatever it's called. That's a nice park. I went there last uh, couple weeks ago, but um, I digress. Uh, I think it'll be a fun series. No matter what, it'll be fun. And I, I always enjoy talking, you know, second time. But I, so I can say that now. I always enjoy having to talk over and talking <laughs> to you, Joe. Oh, definitely. Absolutely.